Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. It's uh, Sunday morning at DevTown, and i got John Overton here from eConnectix. Welcome, John. Hi. So you've got a really cool product related to backups in FileMaker Server. Talk, uh, talk about what it is. So this was um, it's a turnkey solution that gives you an 8 gigabyte database size, or 16 or 24 gigabyte size. Um, it's a single 2U enclosed server that has two motherboards in it. One motherboard is for FileMaker server and one is for our Express Desk. Um, you install files into a single directory and then you get backups every 15 minutes for two hours, every hour for a day, and then once a day for seven days. That adds up to 39 backups on a rotating schedule. But what you didn't say is that it does that backup in like a tiny fraction of a second. Our portion of the backup where the data integrity is managed happens in 300 one millionths of a second. I'm going to say that one more time, 300 one millionths of a second. Then there's the FileMaker overhead. We pause FileMaker and then do our stuff and then turn FileMaker on. The total time for a 16 gigabyte system takes around 0.6 seconds for a complete FileMaker backup. That's not FileMaker compressed. It's not any of that. It's straight FileMaker files. So the the main implication of this is if you have a large database system, and I've worked with, I've, I've done test databases up to 150 gigs. I've got a file in my pocket on a USB drive that's 18 gigs. It's the Wikipedia demo that I used uh, for my session. All of Wikipedia in a FileMaker database. Cool. But I, in regular production, there's many databases I work on that are four, five, six gigs. And one like that, you can't back it up during the day because it takes just the raw time for a, a RAID 5 array to duplicate that file is a gig a minute, a little faster than that, sometimes two gigs a minute for yep. typical systems. Yep. Well, this is the part that's interesting. We, Our business, our kind of core business and competence is for supercomputing. And our team and company has been built around the, really the highest performance storage in the world. Uh, the entry-level system that we have that is inside of the XFM, our Express for FileMaker product, is the equivalent of a 1.8 million RPM drive, or it's the equivalent to get the same performance, you would have to buy a disk array with 2,000, that is 2,000, 15,000 RPM SCSI drives. That is 2,000 of the fastest disk drives you can buy in the world for one of our boxes. So inside your box, it's actually just a big backplane with a... 512 USB ports and 512 USB keys. Yeah, yeah. No, it's what we've done is we've uh, we've converted memory into real disk. It's not a uh, people might say, oh, so it's a RAM disk. It's actually in a, a very kind of primitive way. It is a RAM disk. That is, it is a disk that uses RAM. However, it is a authentic fiber channel SCSI disk with all of the benefits, overhead, um, and efficiencies. The response time, for example, of this at the disk level, this is not something that goes inside of a system that goes to the CPU, but it's a disk, just pops up like a disk. The response time that we have is 27 or 25 microseconds. And the fastest advertised response time that you can get in another SCSI disk, for example, is uh, three point, I think it was, three milliseconds, it might be 2.5, it might be 3.5, I don't remember exactly. Milliseconds, not microseconds. Milliseconds. Right. And that's the advertised number. The actual number... we're talking three orders of magnitude difference here. Yes, yes. 
And the actual number of what those drives deliver, I just gave their marketing numbers, I gave our real numbers. And, I, and I'm not in any way, I'm very respectful for other people's technology and our, our company is. I don't, I'm not, we are not the kind of company that wants to bash other technologies. Our stuff is, it's the fastest stuff pretty much in the world. There are, you know, maybe other folks that are trying to address the kind of stuff that we do. But we don't want to be dissing other technologies. They do stuff we don't do. Our system is an 8-gig drive, a 16-gig, a 24, 128-gig drive. You get terabytes of that other stuff. There's a place for all kinds of different technologies, and we're making the argument with the business that there's a place for a new tier of storage. That's what we're doing. Right. I mean, this is this is not the same space as going to Fry's and buying a 1-terabyte drive for $99, you know? Exactly. I mean, these are pricey systems from the point of view of a FileMaker community. We are the, the best... IOPS or IO operations per second value in the storage industry. Um, our our price per IOP is somewhere around a nickel, and a disk array is around a dollar, dollar twenty to get the same performance. So you can see, a, you know, from one standard, we're you know very economical. On the other hand, you use us for places where performance really matters. That's the part that's interesting for FileMaker. FileMaker is doesn't have a lot of hundred gigabyte databases. You know, FileMaker has um, you know databases that are like you said eighteen gig, right? Twenty gig. Yeah, I looked at some slides of like when Microsoft SQL Server wants to compare themselves against other systems. A hundred gigs is like not even on the chart at the beginning yeah. as a database size because they're talking about having like all the records for IRS and yep. they're talking about terabyte sizes and ten terabytes and exactly. stuff like that. Well, and the interesting part about our technology and why it's not one of the advantages of what we've done over a RAM disk, of which there are many, but our all of our storage in our mainline products uh, are scalable and stackable. Um, it's just SCSI commands. So you could, if you wanted a multi-terabyte system, and we, we talk to folks about multi-terabyte systems, you buy a bunch of our boxes and you stick them together and you plug them into a switch or into a server, and then they just add up to look like a big bunch of block I.O. storage. Uh, in the case of FileMaker, that doesn't apply. We've packaged everything into a turnkey solution uh, based on the, the knowledge that we've gotten from FileMaker and from a bunch of users that we've talked to, that that's a, co- a convenient form factor. So how'd you get started in building these kind of systems? Our core competence and approach on the company is supercomputing, and the team that we have is really focused in there uh, you know, until FileMaker exclusively. Um, a typical kind of installation is you have a... I'll, g- I'll give one example of a customer we have. Uh, it's a 35,000-person campus, and they hit a single metadata server for all I.O., campus-wide. So that's 24-7, 35,000 people. And they had a a big, huge, expensive EMC system. And they worked with EMC and some other companies. I'm not going to mention who they are. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out how to make it go faster. When somebody types in DIR, the response comes back at 7 minutes to 15 minutes. Sometimes it doesn't come back at all. And they stuck one of our boxes in there, and now it happens in 15 to 17 seconds. So you're not just a... Um, so, actually, as the online drive for the server, not just as the backup drive? It, yeah, that was for real data. It was for their database, their master metadata base. So when somebody types in, um, you know, my file, directory, my file, and it hits the system, it has to know where it is in a multi-petabyte data stream. 
And some of that's on a tape robot system, some of it's in 15,000 RPM drive, some of it's 72. This is called Hierarchical Storage Data Management Systems, HSM. So their HSM has to figure out where that is. Well, imagine if you're tracking a billion files. The overhead on that is incredibly difficult on any kind of a database system. In our kind of scenario, the seek time is 27 microseconds approximately, fast or slower depending on certain context, as opposed to three milliseconds or 10 milliseconds de facto of a disk array. So we're three orders of magnitude approximately. I'm slurring here, but to get the point across faster. And that's, of course, about the same difference between 17, 15 minutes, 7 minutes to 7, 7, 15 seconds. So we've talked about the huge benefits of the backup speed, but also there'd be huge benefits of just having your FileMaker database actually live on this drive too, right? That's right. And in fact, it does. When you buy our product, the storage system is our system. So you're getting a 2,000 disk disk array right. behind your FileMaker database, uh, you know, quietly that people don't know about. Um, and as FileMaker goes faster, your database will go faster, as fast as FileMaker can go at every stage. That is so great. So what are some of the ramifications of customers who have used this? I actually have a couple of clients who have been sort of testing this and plan on getting some of the first units you guys are going to be shipping. This is a new product that you're showing really to the FileMaker community for the first time at DEF CON. So what are some of the ways that people are going to employ this? So we have one customer right now that we've deployed into who does uh, emergency animal care. And they currently, or before us, they would back up once a day in the evening. And they had discussions about backing up maybe sometime during the day. The problem is it took six to seven minutes for the backup. Well, what do you do? And if you have a, you know, a, a patient, in this case an animal that's been hit by a car, and somebody comes into the hospital and they say, we got to do it. So we can't admit you. We're doing backups right now. You, you just can't do that. The implication of that is they now do backups every 15 minutes. And if there's a problem, uh, the, the part that's kind of slick is if there's a problem, what they do is pretty simple. They hit a URL on a web browser, or they go to a SIFS share, and they, uh, they get a WinZip pop-up and then they point the WinZip extraction to a single directory, uh, turn off FileMaker, extract it, turn FileMaker back on, and they got a full restore from 15 minutes ago. That procedure can take around four minutes, three minutes, five minutes, depending on how comfortable you are with it, but it's fully remote. So let's say that your data fails and it's three o'clock in the morning, you roll out of bed, you go to your laptop, you URL into the server, you hit a button, you extract it, you restart FileMaker server, and you go back to sleep. Right? Well, you probably want to call and let the users know they can get back into yeah, the system. Maybe, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Might just add a little, yeah, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. From the administration point of view, though, you're looking at a four-minute time. You aren't dealing with tapes. If you want to use tapes, our system is perfectly compatible with using tapes. So if you already purchased tape infrastructure, you point that at a standard SIF share. And now you can get weeklies uh, once a week, or you can get whatever kind of schedule you would want. By the way, all of that would never have any performance hit on your FileMaker server. A part of the design is all of the disk subsystem goes to our box so that you have the fastest possible FileMaker server uh, on the box. Right. The thing that's really cool is that the, the separation of the abstraction so that your box basically runs as just a C drive, as a, a drive on the, on the computer. And at this point, it's just, I guess it's, it's fiber channel, so it could be... You could use it with a Mac server, but really deploying pretty much on Windows servers? We're, we're only doing Windows simply because 
that's what people have asked for, and it's convenient and inexpensive. I'm going to actually go on the record and say that I really think that given the current servers <laughs> that are on the market, given the current hardware available from Apple, that for probably most situations, a Windows box makes more sense as a FileMaker server than a Mac, just because of how much bang for the buck you can get and the types of server purpose-built computers you can get. Yeah, that, that was our analysis also, and, it, and it's in no way um, disrespectful to Mac servers. They do great stuff. They're great gear. They're not really designed in the same way. We, we built a, a rocket for this, and so we looked out and said, what's the best bang for buck? Our systems are expensive already. Adding more cost to them, it's not a necessarily a good thing for the consumer. Uh, so we focused on getting the very best bang for buck that we can in an, a single enclosure. The other issue with the Max is we didn't have anything that could pr pack down the way we have in terms of density. This is a 2U server um, that you know slides into a rack with two servers inside of that server. And that's a lot easier than selling people two different servers plus a UPS. What you get is two boxes. The cabling takes about 10 minutes to install. Uh, I can show it to you, you know, before we leave here, but it's, it's very simple. Um, and kind of the view that we have is for the FileMaker community, they should be spending time developing, not spending time administering. Oh, music to my ears. <laughs> so, so this would be like a perfect situation for somebody who knows they have this problem, they want to do backups more often, and they have a FileMaker server that's kind of aging, they could just buy this one box that does it. So you said the 8, 16, and 24 gig sizes. Right. What's the uh, price uh, target range that you're going to be selling these? So we have a reseller who uh, handles all the sales for us. An 8 gig system is 16000 It's actually fifteen ninety ninety five or something, but I'm going to round the numbers. Um, the 8 gig system is 16 The 16 gig is 21 and then the 24 gig is 27 you can get expensive, that. but it solves a huge problem. And let's talk about expense too. This is infrastructure. Uh, what is new about this is this is not a server that you buy and then a couple of years you get rid of the server. You're buying a disk array that has the power of 2,000 SCSI disks. If you were to buy that in the open market, that would cost you around $700,000 to get that kind of oomph. The energy alone to power that costs $125,000 a year. Okay. Now, you're getting that in a 2U enclosure with all this stuff done so that it's turnkey. On the I, first I think I saw a hamster wheel powering it, right? Yeah, exactly. We got a bunch of hamsters. Uh, and a Sterling generator, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> perpetual motion machines back there somewhere. Uh, so the, the other way to look at this is it comes default with two core, a, a single two-core CPU. The FileMaker server will hold eight cores. We've been advised by FileMaker right now that the two-core that we have in there is the appropriate uh, matching for where FileMaker is. Yeah, I would agree. But the disk subsystem, which is one of the challenges that FileMaker faces, the disk subsystem is going to eliminate that issue for as long as you ever develop FileMaker. FileMaker in 10 years isn't going to need a 2,000 disk disk array, probably. I don't want to ever say never because you never know, but you know maybe they'll they'll adapt the product so that it can take advantage of it. But that's not going to happen in the next five years or three years. Typically, when you buy a system, you buy it, you expect in one or two or three years you're going to be thinking about new servers or just out replacing them. Well, you buy this disk, and it's the speed of memory is not going to ever get caught by the next spindle disk. There's a series of flash disks that are out on the market, and we actually have looked at flash. Ours is not flash. It's real RAM. 
And there are technical problems with regular flash. They're cheap, they're sexy, um, they market well, they give you great numbers, but behind the scenes, we've tried them, and we actually bought some of the Intel drives thinking these are the top of the line Intel drives, they're considered the best flash drives in the market. And for laptop, there is a place for them. Again, I, we're just not the kind of company that says, you know, something's good and something's bad. It's a series of trade-offs. And, you know, smart people look at that and say, what are the trade-offs for the purpose that we have? The Intel drives are terrific drives. Um, they don't work for what we need. We were going to use them as a backing store so that we could get just a, you know, they're attractive to us too for that reason. We put them in our box and two weeks after we were using them, we put four of them in, we burned down two of them. Wow. See, I personally really like flash drives for recording this podcast and my digital camera. They're fantastic. There's many applications where flash is the bomb. The big problem is flash can't write well and it has to do with the technical medium. But let's say that you know you do the, on your digital recorder, are you really going to, any, any cell in there, if it's hit 100,000 times in the best flash in the world, it wears out. 10,000 in the kind of USB key flash, that wears out at about 10,000 hits. So what's the probability that you're going to hit every cell in your flash drive, in your digital recorder, 10,000 times? See, how many podcast episodes would that be if I fill the entire thing? Yeah, none. Just not So for certain classes of operations and appliances, it's really the best stuff in the market. I, I, we're arguing that for enterprise-focused context where your data really matters, where you do pound it, you have a bunch of users hitting something. The, you don't know what's going on underneath the hood with FileMaker in terms of the index management, where it's sticking it, how often it's writing it. Um, for that kind of performance, you can't get with Flash. The other, the other issue about Flash is while it's very fast, it's still in the best advertised kind of nonsense numbers that people will ever... We, we tend to... Our company focuses on accuracy and the stuff that we have. It's actually correct to our best ability. I'm not going to say we don't make mistakes. We're human beings. We make mistakes. But we really do work at trying to come up with legitimate numbers that are reproducible and verifiable, as opposed to marketing numbers. So taking the flash marketing numbers, which are not the numbers that we know of behind the scenes from tests that we've done, but taking those numbers, our stuff is 66 times faster than the best marketed flash numbers. So again, for the enterprise, you don't get the same bang for buck in terms of that IOPS cost or in terms of durability and reliability. But that's not at all distant flash. We're really looking forward one day for flash maturing well enough that we can stick them in the back of our drives for the backing store. We'd love that. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Because yeah, I think it's a, you could have, that would, that, for example, one of the scenarios I could think of is you could have really just the, the super fast system size for just bigger than the database you need, like twice. You got it. And then... It backs up to that, and then another process takes that file and puts it into your weeklies and monthlies and your one that is for every night of the week. Absolutely, and, and I think there are bigger implications in that respect. You know, imagine a day where you could use Flash for bulk storage. They're trying to position that for the new, the new bulk storage, the new low-end, inexpensive, high, what we would consider now high-performing storage. But if they're successful, and they've got some serious challenges right now to be able to replace spindle disk, but if they were and they were to replace spindle disk, it's a terrific marriage, right? A new generation of how to think about storage I.O. Uh, it's not necessarily what, where the market is today, and it probably isn't next year as far as that goes. It will be one day. It is there. For laptop drives and for your digital recorder and your cell phone, I mean, there are lots of applications where it's just, really, you ought to be using it. Well, great. Anything to add, John? No. I really, thanks uh, so much for this. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Okay. Bye. Bye.